I still remember it was like a really kind of dark time at that at, at that point in time just because it was fine if I my mindset was it was fine if I struggled but I would not want my mom to struggle Hello, I'm Rod Jans, and you're listening to FuelRadio.com, a show about transformations. Our guests for today's interview, Dan Locke and Benson Sung, have many similarities. Both are first-generation children of immigrants to Canada, whose parents worked hard but struggled to make ends meet. Both are motivated to do what they can to support their parents financially. Both looked for and found a mentor who changed their lives in a massive way. When I approach a mentor, coach, or guide and ask them to participate in a Fuel Radio interview, I ask them to choose someone who exemplifies a transformation from having worked with them. I was curious why Dan chose Benson out of all of the successful and higher profile people that he works with. Because people always, a lot of people sometimes they listen to an interview like this, they have this limiting belief that, oh yeah, other people can do it, or because he's got this advantage, or or this and, and that. I like to take someone who is more, has that kind of transformation from before and after, knowing where, if they say, yeah, you know what, if Benson could do it, if that guy could do it, maybe I could do it too. So it's not so much the how-to. Funny thing is, the how-to in life usually is not that complex. With Benson's story, hopefully that it's inspirational, hopefully that inspires other people and say, you know, if he could do it, then I could do it too. Hell yes. If he could do it, yes, you could do it if you want it bad enough. And so that's why I, I picked him. And from where he was, I can, I still even have, I still have his picture back then when he has a little bit of hair. Which, <laughs> and I told him to shave his head. So he looks a little bit older because he looks way too young. And I mean, the way he dressed, uh, now he's in three piece suit, everything and have that kind of influence on a young mind, on person. It just, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's more fun than this is, this is, that's why I do, I do mentoring. I see the transformation. Yeah. It's nothing quite like it's very fulfilling. How Benson and Dan found their mentors differs slightly. Benson tried the college route, and for reasons that he'll describe, he realized that wasn't going to work for him. Just going a bit back into the past, I guess, when I started out kind of uh, going through high school days, I was uh, not even in business, I was mainly working, and I did a lot of kind of odd jobs and, uh, and what I call quote-unquote dead-end jobs. And during those times, it was, if you name it, I've done being a barista, being a uh, stock boy, being a uh, construction person, painter, uh, all kinds of different like dead-end jobs. And going through that phase was kind of for the next two to three years after when I was in high school, I started working after high school, I was working as well. And then I also went through the phases of basically uh, going through college. And when I went through the to college, I was uh, studying business because that's something that I wanted to get into while I was uh, working working at these jobs. And when I was in college, I kind of met a lot of professors there that taught accounting and, and business management, organizational behavior, all those different kind of courses. Now, the biggest problem that I kind of had with that 
was whenever I went to class and I spoke with my professors, the stuff that they were kind of teaching me was mainly on theory. And so when I asked them, I still remember a day when I approached one of my professors for business management, I asked them, you know, how are you teaching me? I mean, most of the stuff is, is good in theory, but I mean, have what, what kind of experience do you have doing business? And so he just kind of told me he doesn't have any experience. He basically went through school, learned the stuff, and then he just decided to be edu- become an educator of business management. And that at that moment, it just kind of struck a chord with me that I wasn't going to get what I wanted in terms of from business out of uh, the school. So I decided I dropped out of college. As you might expect, Dan has some pretty strong views on coaching and mentorship and why it's so important to pick the right advisor. I think when it comes to business, there there is money involved. There's a lot at stake. Uh, when a business goes down, not just the business goes down, the business owner goes down. And then when the business owner goes down, their family goes down. <laughs> so I think it's a big responsibility. And so I think for someone before they, they, you know, they take advice from anybody, I always tell people, just cons- always consider the source. If the guy is teaching how to do A, B, C, and D, well, has he done A, B, C, and D? So I, I'm more subscribed to the, the principle of I eat my own cooking. If I'm going to teach you how to, you know, do internet, marketing or I'm going to show you how to do that, I better, have, I better have done it myself. If I'm going to show you how to get in shape, I better have a six-pack app, right? So if you use that criteria, you go out there and you look for... Now, I'm not saying don't hire a specialist, just like I would hire my lawyer or hire my accountant and things like that. Those are fine because they, they have a specialized skill that I need. Doesn't mean they're more successful than I, than I, than me, but I hire them before their skill sets. That's perfectly fine. But when it comes to success or business coaching and stuff like that, I think you need to consider the source. Have they been there and done that? Not 10 years ago. Are they still doing it? Uh, so if you use that criteria, that probably eliminate 95% of people that's out there. You don't waste your money. You don't need to waste your time. So for my story, just to share some similarities, is uh, first-generation immigrants. Uh, my family was also uh, poor to middle class. We're not super wealthy, or we're, we were not middle class when we came here. Uh, I came here with my mom when I was really young, and so kind of growing up here, we we I had to kind of really figure out my things and really start working working early on and earn the money because we didn't have as much money as we'd like to live a good lifestyle and so we had to kind of i had to work a lot to support pitch in at a very young age going through that and then i was also in in a lot of debt and so when i was in debt it kind of at that time too this was like about earlier than actually five six years ago and so when i was still in debt i had to kind of break through that because I still remember it was like a really kind of dark time at that at, at that point in time just because it was fine if I my mindset was it was fine if I struggled but I would not want my mom to struggle because she sacrificed a lot to to bring me here into Canada to have a better life and it was just a lot of giving back and, and really needing to succeed not just for myself but because of my mom so that also is a similar story to kind of how 
how Dan came from Taiwan, same place as Wall, and just went through the whole phase. You know, immigrants, that story for him. Do you think that's what Dan saw in you and why he wanted to work with you? Was the similarity similarities in your story? Or do you think there were some other things as well that he saw in you that uh, he thought, yeah, I'd like to work with, with this guy. I'd like to work with Benson. Yeah, I think it was mainly 75-80% of making that decision to take me on was definitely influenced by my by my story and at, at, I mean at that point where I was and needing to kind of grow further and and kind of take me on as someone that was almost in his shoes. He saw almost like me like he was talking to himself almost. Maybe it'd be good if you quickly told us about your own entrepreneurial journey. How did you get to where you are today? Well, I mean, I started my, my first business when I was in, in high school. And that's when I first uh, immigrated to, to Canada when I was 14 years old. And my mom and dad got divorced when I was 16 years old. So from there, uh, I'm the only child in my family. So growing up... I mean, I didn't have a lot of confidence. I wasn't one of those people that, you know, I had big dreams and I was going to be successful. I was going to do this and do that and then accomplish some amazing things. And no, I wasn't thinking about that at all. It just when my mom and dad got divorced, I was kind of the only child in my family. I had to man up. I had to grow up and mature very quickly because I wanted to take care of my mom. And because of that, then I chose business because I kind of accidentally stumbled upon into it because money never interests me that much. It's more that I know if I was to provide for my mom, my family, I couldn't do it if I just was just making minimum wage job. I just couldn't. And I wasn't particularly a good student. So doctor, lawyer, accountant, all that, those type of careers, that's out. I'm not very good looking. So actor is out. <laughs> I'm not very tall and very athletic, very fast. So I'm not going to be an athlete. So that's out. You know what? Entrepreneurship, that's perfect. <laughs> so, and, and I have to say, I, and I wasn't, I, wa- I wasn't, I was stupid enough that I didn't think too much. I didn't know that it could, like, I didn't know no, you're not supposed to start a business at an early age. I didn't know that if you fail one business, that you're not supposed to start another one. I just fail and I started again. I failed and started again. And I fell and I tried all kinds of things, vending machines, fixing computers for people, mowing lawns for people, all these, you know, different things, different, different businesses. And I failed at 13 businesses before having my first success. And so I didn't know you're not supposed to fail at 13 businesses. And I just didn't know. So ignorance at the time was actually a blessing. And so from there, then I found my first mentor. His name is Alan Jacks. And Alan kind of took me under his wing and taught me marketing, taught me copywriting and marketing. Uh, and from there, I started my one-man copywriting agency, advertising agency, and writing ads for business owners. And I was in my early 20s. So I was making about 10000 a month. 
uh, as a copywriter. Now I know it, it may may not be a lot of money for some people, but to me back then that was a lot of money. That was I felt like I felt like a million bucks, right? Ten grand a month, paying my bills, taking care of my mom, uh, putting some savings aside. I was so 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 happy. So that's kind of my first from business failure to to my first business success, you could say. It sounds like supporting your mom is a is an integral part of your story. Could you tell me a bit more about that? Because now you're able to uh, support her. How do, how does that feel? Well, one of the things I, I tell people that you know I've done, you know, you could say uh, accomplished a, a lot, or you know, a lot of things I've, I've accomplished. You know, what I'm the most proud of is 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 it you know where I live, is it the car I drive, is it the vacation I took, or is it the people I you know I share the stage with? I would say you know no, the the out of all the things that I'm proud of, the most the thing that I'm the thing that I'm most proud of is for the last six years. I fully provided for my mom so she doesn't have to work. And before my father passed away a couple of years ago, I was also fully providing for for him as well. Hmm. So, um, as a culture, I think as a as a maybe as a Chinese, uh, that's important. Just like you know, I just uh, bought a a new home here. I'm actually doing this interview in the office. We just moved in literally just a month ago, and so that I bought a bigger place, forty three hundred square feet. So that I could stay with, uh, my, uh, my wife's, uh, my, my mother-in-law and father-in-law, cause they're getting older. So, you know, we could better take care of them, things like that. So I think, you know, out of, at the end of the day, you, whatever you accomplish, yeah, you know, money is great. Fame is great, but truly it's about family. Without family, well, <laughs> what's there? Did you know that you share that motivation with Benson? Like one of Benson's big motivating factors is also uh, supporting his yes, mom. Yes, yes. Well, that first that first time I talked with him, he he saw me good. <laughs> he <laughs> he, he saw me good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he knows. He's done his research. You know, he, he <laughs> talk about the mom and everything. I'm okay. How can I say no to a kid like that? <laughs> Close to two years ago, when Benson first met Dan, Benson had a mobile app company and was working several odd jobs. And then eventually one day what happened was I went to, I decided to go to an internet masterminds kind of meetup, just kind of out of the blue, because I saw the meetup was just, hey, there's this cool looking Chinese guy, he's an entrepreneur, business person. <laughs> Why don't I just go kind of check him out, see what he's about? And uh, it was just out of the blue. And then I went there and that's when I met uh, Dan Locke. And now he's just been my mentor for the past uh, about two years now, approaching two years. Tell us a little bit more about the group that Benson was a part of. Well, with Benson, I think Benson, we met almost, I think more, uh, almost two years now, close to, at least a year and a half. Uh, he met me through my Vancouver Entrepreneurs Group. I run one of the largest entrepreneurs business group in Vancouver, called Vancouver Entrepreneurs Group at Vancouver Club. And so I think he met me through there and then, but I saw him as a young guy. He was persistent, but he reminded me a lot of myself when I approached my mentor when I, when I was just getting started. Uh, he's also a, a, you know, he came from Taiwan. My mom is a Taiwanese. So looking at him back then, I was like, you know, this, this, this kid has got drive. He's got ambition and nice kid. And I thought, yeah, you know what? Why don't I take him on? And I said, you know what? I would, I would take you on. 
And he's not the first young guy that I that I took on. I mean, over the years, I've helped a lot of young people and, and built their career and launch, you know, their their businesses and things like that. So, so with Benson and you know, I took him on and and kind of mentoring him, uh, took him under my wing and show him how to do digital marketing, show him how to how to sell, how to market, and how to be an entrepreneur. And that's how we kind of started a relationship. And so at that first meeting, what were you thinking and what was the feel of it? It, it was it was a interesting kind of feeling in the sense that when I was watching, he was presenting kind of his talk was talking about just his journey, a lot of his story and also success principles. And he, I still remember he talked about the story that was really interesting was when he him and his mentor, um, Dan Pena, which is like the $50 billion man. And so he talked about a story where he needed a breakthrough. He was a copywriter as well. And so he flew all the way and kept uh, all the way to, uh, I think it was Los Angeles or California, just to meet the, meet uh, Dan. But before that, he, it was impossible for him to get the mentor, uh, get to reach Dan and everything because he was super high profile and his assistant wouldn't even let him go through. And so after that, he, when he did actually finally get his foot in the door and meet uh, Dan Pena, then he said his life changed after going to the castle seminar that uh, his that Big Dan has, yeah. and so that listening to that story was kind of like, hey, like I'm kind of at that point, and he's sharing the story now, so it's kind of like in a sense from a few kind of future pacing in a sense. So I was like, he's right in front of me. All right, there's that name again, the infamous fifty billion dollar man, Dan Pena. If you're not familiar with him, I'm going to play a clip for you in about a minute. It might seem like a bit of a detour to our story, but as you'll hear, Dan Pena has been a huge influence on Dan Locke, and as a result, that influences how he mentors other people like Benson. What Besides the book, what attracted you to him? Did you know his persona or his, his style? Because actually, I didn't know him before researching you, and so I looked him up. You know, he's... A, He's got an interesting style. I'll let you describe it. <laughs> describe his style and what attracted yeah, he, you to working like, with him. It's like a, a a drill sergeant. He is definitely no host barn, no bullshit. Uh, like you know, when I went to the castle back then. Now, now his. In, in fact, what you see now, he's actually nicer and gentler today. For for some of you, maybe hard to believe. Back then, when I went to the castle, he actually beat people up. Okay, uh, so like he was physically beat you. <laughs> so uh, he was very he was a very tough tough mentor, very but very caring. Believe it or not, he's got the very caring side, but the 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 caring comes from it's it's more tough love. So that's that's his his style. He doesn't doesn't care what people think, and you, I think best the best way for for you to experience it is actually to go to YouTube, type in his name Dan Penny, and watch some of the videos. You see what I mean? <laughs> okay, Dan, we'll do that. Here's a clip of Dan Pena from a YouTube video. Brace yourself. This is you, the room, and this is you, YouTubers. Pay attention, YouTubers. You f- and Merry Christmas. You stand around and watch all the opportunities go by. You sit there, you sit there, you sit there. I'm surprised that the f- that wildebeest didn't step on the poor b- 
They sit there, they sit there. They, oh, I'm getting ready. Bert's getting ready. Bert's getting ready. Rick's getting ready. Oh, maybe, maybe the next one. Maybe the next one. Maybe the next one. Oh, f no, no, I'm tired now. Maybe the next one. Maybe the next one. And here comes. And there comes somebody like me. Just jumps on the f***er and eats it. But I know his style, and that's why I love it. I, I love him for that, and that's why he's been my mentor for all these years. Uh, now, I don't know, eight, nine years, something like that. And yeah, I mean, he changed my life. I, I love his style. So doesn't bother me. Might bother some other people, but I love it. I love I love the ass-kicking, you know, <laughs> yelling, screaming part of him. So, <laughs> Is your style at all like his? Like, are you, are you an ass-kicker? Do you have that drill sergeant side of you and... I think I have some for sure. If you watch, people say they watch my videos, they watch some of Dan's video. I would say there are, I'm not as harsh, but there, there are some similarities. And, but my style, it's, it's kind of like a combination of, of I do have, when it needs to be, I'll, I'll do some ass kicking, but sometimes I'll be just a great listener, just asking questions and, and finding out, you know, what, how could I help them and how could I help my mentee? So, so a little bit different, but I have some, definitely. I have, no, no doubt he's my mentor. There's some, some influence there. Afterwards, the presentation, after he finished the talk, he talked about how he had a webinar where he's looking for two to three serious, hard-driven entrepreneurs and that he's going to cover on the webinar. It was really not much content. And so after that main in-person presentation in a room of over 100 people, and so a week after or two weeks after he had the webinar, and then on that webinar he shared the his equity income formula, which is his formula for how he partners up with businesses and, and his success formula in a sense. And so after that, he, he did the whole thing where he talked about and look for three people, have to have some kind of business, have to be doing at least this much. And so maybe potentially he's looking for mentees. After that, I, I, I applied for it immediately while he was still talking about it. I still remember it was summertime, <laughs> really hot. And then he had a lot of people apply and he was probably doing the, he had a system filter them out. And then for, you know, some awesome, you know, I guess, like reason, you know, I, I, they assistant messaged me via email and I was like, okay, great. Like I'm going to jump on the call with him. This is, this is awesome. And so after I jump on a call with him, I still remember a day. I was like, before I jump on the call, actually, I was extremely kind of nervous. I was like, how is this going to go? Obviously my goal or intention was to have him become a mentor to me. At the time I was nervous and then, uh, spoke with him on the phone talked about it and then just kind of convincing him to take me on, you know, because at the time it was, uh, I wasn't as successful as, or kind of successful as I am now. So just kind of getting my foot in the door, uh, making it happen and just kind of, uh, and then just started from there afterwards. So I'm still grateful because he gave me an opportunity, uh, share with him my story and our stories are, are actually pretty, pretty, almost pretty aligned. I'd like to jump back to Benson just for a second. Like, when you yes. first started working with him, what were a few things that you saw that he was clearly going to have to work on? Well, he was, I mean, he, he's still very young. He was so young. Um, and he, he was very green. I mean, he had knew nothing about business, knew nothing about anything, really. So just like any one of my mentees, I tell everybody the same thing. The first thing you have to do that in business, I think you have, I have a, I teach a concept called the wealth triangle. 
the wealth triangle. And there are three, if you think of a triangle, there are three corners of the wealth triangle. The first corner, which is the first stage, is called what I call high income skills. For anybody, I recommend at first uh, in the business world, you need to develop what I call high income skill. And I define high, in- high income skill as something that you would, that would make you at least $100,000 a year. $100,000 a year, or has the potential to make you $100,000 a year. So once you've developed that, then you would go into stage two, which is what I call scalable business. Now you can build a scalable business, and I define scalable business as a business that you could grow without a lot of infrastructure or a lot of capital. And then what I next step, stage three, is what I call high return investments. And high return investments, my definition is any investment that would give you a 10% return um, every year, year in and year out. Simple as that. So the three corners, wealth triangle. So with Benson, I said, first thing you got to do, I say to everybody, you got to develop your high income skill. You got to have a skill set that you are you are performing a service, you're delivering value to the marketplace, and the marketplace is, is willing to reward you for it. You got to be valuable first. And once you get there, then you can do other things and scalable business or return investments. Uh, what where most people screw it up is they sometimes try to jump into high return investments, such as they watch an infomercial on TV, some guy, some guru is talking about how to buy money with, how to buy real estate with no money down, and they go out there and max out the credit and buy a bunch of properties. That's just surefire way to disaster. Because if you only have a job or you're just an employee, leveraging like that is just not very, not very smart. Instead, building the foundation. So with Benson, yeah, I said, you got to develop a skill. So we went through a different things. I was teaching copywriting and I was teaching him in digital marketing, e-commerce. I was trying to find what, what is his strength. And every person that I, I mentor, the funny thing is, if you talk to, if you actually were to sit down, interview every single one of them, I think you'd be very surprised. You'll notice every single one of them, I teach them different things. There's no cookie cutter approach. Because my approach is each person is different. Their background is different. Their belief is different. Their, uh, so it's not a cookie cutter approach. I don't have a, you know, five easy step to, you know, success or seven magical ways to, you know, financial freedom. It's not what I do. I look at the individual. I look at see what, okay, what are their personalities? What are their strengths? What are they like? And I built around that. So with Benson, he then later on stumbled upon, you could say, found his passion, which is uh, digital marketing and more specifically building uh, digital sales funnels for businesses. And from there, he just you know, skyrocketed and working with clients and now working with some big names in the into the marketing world. So I'm very proud of him. Now that Dan agreed to work with Benson, I wondered what sort of challenges Benson thought he had as they began their mentorship relationship. Yeah, the challenges at that time was, I, uh, I, I guess you could say it's a pro and a con, but a con would be I was a blank piece of paper almost. You know, I lack the experience, business experience, the communication skills. I was slightly insecure at the time as well. And a uh, lack of kind of Believe in myself that I could do it because, you know, I'm working at a lot of like almost, I think it was 12 to 15 dead end jobs 
was was demotivating, right? And even at a young age, but challenges in not having a business acumen. Uh, I was street smart. It was essentially, like Dan said at the time, was I'm a blank piece of paper. So the pro and the con is that I'm empty. But at the same time, the pro is that he can help me craft myself into uh, a more sophisticated type of person that can communicate effectively, influence, persuade, and sell, and and all the different skills that an entrepreneur would kind of need to be successful. You know, the foundation, like copywriting, for example. What were the main things that you learned? Like, what were your main takeaways that you learned from Dan that now that you're implementing them in your own business are, are really working well? The number one thing I would say is the ability, this might sound too common, okay, but it's the ability to kind of think, hmm. the ability to think critically about things. And I think that's the number one most important thing that he's he's taught me is thinking about specific situations or how to deal with people, how to deal with a project, how to deal with emotions or how to deal with other things. Second thing would be, let's say, business skills, right? Communication, sales, financial management, team management, writing copy, marketing skills, let's say, you know, all these different business skills. That would be the second important thing. I think the third thing is also providing a a, not necessarily what I learned, but more the community that he has other mentees as well. And so the community has really helped me. And these mentees are all in different industries. And so there's a group about right now, 20 people as of today. And back then it was about six to eight people, but these people were also entrepreneurs and they had more successful business than I did. And so that gave me kind of context into different industries. And so a lot of the stuff is really mindset driven. Other, it's the foundation is the is the mindset from when I would be uh, speaking with these six to seven other mentees of Dan and all speaking with Dan and just always being surrounded by these people that are more successful, more knowledgeable, more wise, more successful, more wealthy. And that really propelled me forward because I would just hang out with them most of the time or have meetings, you know, try to be as close as, to success as possible. Do you, do you recall that moment for Benson? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you describe multiple it? Multiple moments. Actually, actually, multiple moments. I think when he first, if I can recall, there are a few moments. One, I think when we went to the seminar together uh, in La, uh, Las, uh, Las Vegas, I think that's when he, the first time he kind of it clicked for him, say, wow, this is awesome. This is something that I could do. Was that an internet marketing um, a conference yeah into the marketing conference yeah uh, by put together by Russell Brunson and that's when he when he joined and got certified it's I think that's one kind of aha moment when he got it I think another moment was actually one time because we do we kind of we go to dinner together with all the mentees every single Friday every Friday it's one of these dinners that when I looked at him we were just chatting casually and and he he got it and I know if they got it or not, just by the way they're asking me the questions. Because the way they ask me questions tells me a lot about their thinking process. And I do believe there is such a thing as a dumb question, by the way. And at, at first, they're asking kind of, kind of dumb questions. But then later on, you see they're asking more and more profound, more refined, more, in some cases, even breakthrough questions. Then I'm like, okay, you got it. 
you're asking the right thing, not some dumb question. So yeah, it's one of these dinners, but I don't remember the exact time. You seem to be super busy. <laughs> We've been having a hard time connecting. Yeah, and uh, I'm just. It, Obviously, it sounds like things are going really well. Has your business experienced a, a breakthrough or a tipping point, do you think? Yeah, it definitely has. In the past, let's say, I'd say three, two to three months, it's definitely exponential kind of growth. There's a lot of momentum right now, which is why I'm so busy because it's, it's growing the team and also a lot of, uh, it's a growth period for the business right now uh, in terms of, I guess, monetary figures. Before, let's say even just two years ago, right, from where I was starting out, it would just be enough to kind of be a part-time income. But now the business does about uh, multiple six figures a month and on track to hit seven figures. So that's where it's at right now in terms of monetary. But it's it keeps me busy. But at the same time, it's, it's very worthwhile because I feel myself, even when I'm speaking to you right now, Rod, at this time, it's like I'm growing, which is the most important kind of thing for me. I'm always kind of surrounding myself with with people that are more successful, more experienced, more wealthy, and all the time. So every month I go to a meeting where there's people doing ten million, a hundred million, maybe even potentially five hundred million or a billion dollars, and they're the owner of the company. And so when they speak, it's it's your environment. When I'm in that kind of environment, it, it elevates my thinking, my mindset, and just just everything. Because you probably heard the thing, right? Uh, you're the the sum of the five closest people that you spend the most time with. Is there anything else that, you know, in thinking about Benson and your work with him that you were hoping to cover that we haven't covered so far? I would say when uh, maybe uh, I'll share uh, for anyone that's that's looking for a mentor because people ask me this question all the time. Like, you know, Dan, great. How do I find a mentor and how do I work with a mentor? I think this may be helpful. I think you want to find a, a mentor who you share the same values, who, who a mentor who is where you want to be in your dreams, that they have the lifestyle that you want, that they share the same values and you also you get along with not just in business setting but outside of business you, you feel comfortable kind of hang around with that person i think that's pretty key and you never want to approach a mentor as a you don't want to be a, a, a you know we have givers and we have takers in life you want to approach a, a mentoring relationship like uh, as a taker that wow you know i'm gonna suck all the knowledge out of you and 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 you're obligated to help me because i get these emails almost on a daily basis that people find me and say oh you know dan i'm in this desperate situation can you help me i said no because you're not helping yourself you want to get to a point where you can you can show the mentor your commitment and your drive and your ambition that you know you have what it takes so approach the relationship, see what you can give, what you can bring to the table, uh, what you could, anything, 
you want to give first before you you ask anything in return. I have another mentee who's a very good friend, kind of brother, kind of almost like a, a brother of, of of Benson, Stephen. And Stephen, when he first approached me, he said, "Dan, you know, I, I can, please, please, can you please mentor me?" I said, "No." He said, "I'll do whatever. You know, I'll I'll come. I'll I'll I'll, I'll pick up pick you up from the airport. I'll drive you around. I'll I'll wash your dishes. Whatever you need." I said, "You know what? That's." I don't need anybody to do, do, do that kind of stuff for me, but I like that, that he wants it, that he values my experience and what I could do to change his life. So, you know, and, and that type, when you approach relationship that way, uh, I think that's, that's important. So with Benson, I could say, yeah. And from day one, we get along. And then that's why we, we do things outside of business. You know, we, we, in fact, in fact, this year, you know, we're planning a trip together with a bunch of the mentees. You know, we we and then next week we're going going with a rafting with them, and we do fun stuff. Like we work hard, but we play hard too. So, you know, your business has really taken off. How about for you personally? How has your life changed? You know, it's I actually really enjoy my life right now. It's I do work quite a bit, like seven days a week, but it's a lot of times I do I'm able to. When I'm on the off days, let's say, or afterwards, I'm able to kind of just do the things that I want to do and spend time with people that I really want to spend time with. And now it's like um, I can actually fully support my, my my mom here. And so now she travels back in between Taiwan and here. And, and that's actually giving me the greatest kind of success for me, myself, feeling that kind of feeling mm-hmm. before, like not being able to do it. But now just, you know, giving her the freedom to let her kind of, you know, tell her she can do whatever she wants, which is really one of my main goals when I first started this. Right. So that's definitely how my life has changed off the top of my head so far. All right. Thanks again to Dan Locke and Benson Sung for sharing their mentorship relationship with us. More transformational interviews are on their way, so stay tuned and check back with us in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening to FuelRadio.com. Take care, everybody.